Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, AG, you're back on mute, baby. We're back on on my block podcast, back as podcast. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> We're am. Get this on here, man. I'm your host. Uh, I'm your co-host, Michael, along with Packers all-time leading rusher Amon Green. He's back off mute. How you doing, brother? Yeah, I gotta remember that you put me on mute when it switches to the the intro part of it. Hey, so, don't yeah. put this on me. Don't put. Don't you put this on me. No, don't you I'm do not. that to me, Ricky Bobby. No. Don't you put that on my children. I didn't, I didn't do it. I gotta remember that. that I gotta that's remember a, that's that. a streamyard.com deal. I should have yes, I should have told you. You got me talking about women's basketball again. And I got all fired <laughs> no, up and I, I forgot. You, I just I, I had you got me seeing reds. My fault. Yep, yep, but yep. We gotta we gotta give props to uh men's and women's basketball tournament right now. You can yep, you can get all your betting needs fulfilled at betonline.ag. Betonline remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get your analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds from everything from live games, the conference championships, right through to the Final Four and the championship game. So, Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts ag there's there's some stuff going on in college basketball maybe we'll hit it at the end but let's talk these mm-hmm. packers man because yeah you we're sitting here we talked about it from last week okay we are where we are with the rogers trade we're in limbo yep there's a bunch of rumors coming out we could talk about it a little bit but we talked about what they've done so far they added a long snapper and a backup safety slash special teams player that's it we haven't improved from a draft perspective we've lost a couple players we've re- okay we re- signed Keyshawn nixon thank goodness but what are we actually like? What are we actually doing to improve this roster? And I know everyone's saying, "Well, we don't have that money in free agency, dude." Every for everybody out there, please stop hitting me up on Twitter. Tell me we don't have any money because we have enough money to sign second and third tier free agents that are still contributors in this league yes. for one year deals, two year deals. We see, dude, we saw it with uh, Garner Johnson signing a one. There's two safeties this year, big big time safeties exactly. signing eight and a half, eight million dollar one year deals. Tight ends signing one-year deals. We Jalen can Ramsey find these was players. floating around there before he Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, there right. you go. So he was it's, affordable. It's it's possible. Ag, why are we not doing anything? I it's been obviously the history of the Packers not to do a whole lot. You know, Gutekus is a disciple of Ted Thompson, so maybe he's using his philosophy of just you know develop within and then grab when we need to. You know, when I mean when I said when I mean grab, I mean sign somebody that we really need to. But I'm like, there is a lot of need positions you know out there for this team's roster and so not doing anything and the market right now is getting dry in terms of players that are going to be really quality players that you really want in your your roster so you gotta if they were going to pull a trigger and nail somebody right now they should have did it like two weeks ago basically because right now it's going to be like you it's going to be even lesser tier players that are not as the quality as, as they should to be a starter it'll be more backup players than than coming in Right and on, you know, as a starter right away. No doubt, no doubt. And and the thing that is, so for fans out there, when you're a player, you're sitting like this. If I don't get signed on day one, like I went through this twice. Mm-hmm. If I don't sign on day one or two, a free agent. This is before the tampering period and everything. But so we project that however you want. 
But if you don't get signed on day one or two, you know that 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 payment is going down. Literally, you would almost feel it by the hour. You can feel your wallet getting smaller. <laughs> yes, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because yep. they're spent. The teams that are going to spend money are spending money, and now everyone's you know, they'll let everything settle after a week, and you'll have mm-hmm. the second wave of guys. But we're not experiencing anything. I don't even know if they've had visits. Like we don't really know. But AG, I'm going to run some names by you because there's there's positions of need that we've talked about. We don't know when Sean Gary's coming back. We need another rush edge run run game defense play like a defensive player at the on the edge. So it could be a backup guy. It could be a pass rush specialist. It could be a right. situational specialist. Right. We don't need a starter. We need nope. a quality backup that can help add depth to that room. Have some leadership, veteran leadership on the entire defense as a whole. Listen to these names, bro. Yeah. Guess who's out there? Bud Dupree, 30 years Ooh. old, outside linebacker coming off wow. the ten- Tennessee Titans. Wow. Good player, started with the Steelers. Solid player. Leonard Floyd, Los Angeles Rams. Ooh, Not linebacker. one of my like favorite players, but good player. Outside mm-hmm. linebacker, 30 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. Frank Clark, defense oh, fit. Oh, wow. Super Bowl championship. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Now, yeah, 29 years old. He'll probably re-sign with the Chiefs for less, but like – Take a flyer. Hey, Frank, you want to come up and check this place out? You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's here's my no-brainer. I don't care how old he is. This dude, I'm, I'm telling you, this dude scares offensive linemen. Melvin Ingram just spent a year in Miami. Ooh, after He's kind of been going one year. He's been he's going one-year deals for the last two years. He's 33 years old. He is exactly what you need. He is exactly. a guy that if you bring off the bench, he'll be happy to do it at 33, situational mm-hmm. pass rusher. He is he is an absolute nightmare for for right tackles. He's a nightmare for left tackles as well. But you just think about skill set wise, this guy is an absolute nightmare in the rush game. Mm-hmm. He immediately bolsters your defensive line, your pass rush ability. You can stand him up. You can run three man games with him and Rashawn Gary. You can put it if you want to keep Rashawn on the edge. If you have a specific guy you want him to target, you can mm-hmm. still run your your three defensive ends and nickel because this guy can line up anywhere. It's such a, it's like, it's one of those deals where he might be waiting until go through the offseason programs because he doesn't want to do them. But it's like, it's such a no brainer. Right. I mean, did, AG, I'll just ask you do any of those guys look like players that would help the, bolster the, the Green Bay Packers? All of them. I mean, all of them. You know, having, oh, sorry, any of the... I forgot one more. I forgot one more. Oh, I forgot one okay. more. 27 okay. year old Jonathan Gakwe. Oh, wow. Gakwe's out there. Like, what yes. are we doing? Yeah, you got, so, I mean, the one, of the names on that list that really jumps out to me is Ingram. It's like that guy, when he was everywhere he goes, he makes that defense better. Not just a little bit better because what he does is, like you said, he could do so many different things. He's a hand in the ground guy. He could stand up. He could even go cover the flat if you need him to. He'll do it. He has the ability. He has the athletic flexibility, all that in the hips, what we look at to make sure you know, to know this is a good defensive player, just or or this is just a good athlete all around, and he wants to help his team wherever he's at do their job defensively. So that'll be that's the one guy I've seen ever since he was with the Chargers and then he was with the Chiefs. And you know, so going around those teams and being around those people, he can then gain experience and then also you know leadership qualities from coming be, being in those different places. Yeah, no doubt. And, and the thing here is, it's not going to be that expensive. I mean, we talk about the scope of things. Yep. And even if you're like, we just did, I just did a thing on defensive ends. Even if you're in love with Will Anderson Jr. is the only surefire guy in this, in, in this draft. I think for me, Miles Murphy, the, 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 the kid out of Clemson is going to be really, really mm-hmm. good, but he's everybody except for Will Anderson Jr. Like there's no Trayvon Walker, which I wasn't as high on as other people, but and Aiden Hutchinson, like one, two in the draft, like there's, those guys aren't here. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and the Packers aren't in a position to get him. 
even if they got the 13th pick, they're just going to move it up two spots. Like they're not going to get them, right? So no. if you're looking at a defensive end hive, because edge rusher is a premium position, you're looking at a guy, whether it's Miles Murphy, whether it's a kid from Texas Tech, uh, Tyree Wilson, whether it's, uh, every, you know, of course, everybody likes the kid from Iowa. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. the kid from Iowa is going to be okay, but like he didn't even start in Iowa, right? Lucas Van Ness. Right. So the, yeah. all those guys are projects, right? I just call him Mini Campment because he looks like Aaron Campman to me. But <laughs> yeah, you, but they're all projects. They're not guys that are going to come in and have like Aiden Hutchinson type years. So if you want a guy that can fill in the gap, dude, I mean, literally any one of those guys would be good. I mean, Frank Clark's a no brainer. Yannick's mm-hmm. a no brainer. Melvin Ingram's uh, to me. Melvin Ingram's like I would love to have him on my football team if I was if I was still playing. So yes. I got some, I got four guys for in some other positions. So we look at center. We look at possibly right tackle. Like we mm-hmm. need we need That's a necessity. Maybe another our other guy. And I'm not saying yeah. again. I'm not giving up on Josh Myers. But no, these are guys would like you said be backups. There's some, <clears throat> but there's somewhere along the line where you have to the, that offensive line needs to change, but at least one position. Right. I don't know if it's center. I don't know if it's right. I, but there's one position needs to change. Something needs to give. Right. They need to improve. Mm-hmm. So, Rodney Hudson. I know he's 33 years old, but you want to bring in a guy to mentor Josh Myers? Pay him. Pay Rodney Hudson to mentor Josh Myers. Hey, there you go. listen. You want to start six games this year, or 16 games, depending on how you feel. Like we don't think you're going to be able to play a full season, but come in, we'll pay you four or five million bucks. You mentor this kid because Rodney Hudson, in his heyday, he's 33 now. In his heyday, he was the truth now. He was a hell of a good lineman, okay? Mm-hmm. He plays exactly the way you want guys to play, physical, through the whistle. George Fant, right tackle, played for the Jets last year. He's had some injuries. He'll probably go back yeah. to New York. But Fant's a guy, good. when he was in Seattle, he's like he's a good athlete. He's a guy that in this system is going to have some success. Gabe Jackson played with Seattle last year. He'll probably yeah, resign, but name. if he doesn't, there's another name where you go, you could plug him at right guard, move some guys around. You could probably – John Runyon Jr. can play center. Yep. You know what I mean? You start, mm-hmm. you just start thinking that outside ability. the box a little bit. Yep. There are some dudes out there that can really help this football team. And then the other one we talk about, AG, is uh, the safety position. And there's yeah. a ton of safeties. I, I, honestly, Adrian Amos is probably, of the guys remaining, he's probably one of the top two guys. You know, But it looks mm-hmm. like he's not going to come back. But if you want a guy like if you want to just change the narrative a little bit and bring in a dude who's just a thumper, Jan O'Neill, he started out with uh, Atlanta and okay. now Tampa Bay. He's so he's a free agent. He's like 27 years old. This dude, he he's like 235, 240 pounds. He's a monster. Good gracious. Yeah, I when I was doing some stuff with Atlanta. He is an yeah. he can hit, right? He, he yeah. Hits. He's there's maybe some coverage limitations, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, maybe because of his, his size. Yeah, he's a little but, heavier. But you just look at it and go, okay, if we want to play this too, but we want guys, we want guys to be able to come down. Like we have to tackle alley, like be alley tacklers. Like we've talked about ad nauseum on this program. Mm-hmm. There's a guy. I mean, there's got there's guys available because at 15 right now, what you're staring down the barrel of, if where who's the difference maker at 15 that you're gonna plug and play right now at this safety is tough to plug and play at 15, right? You're because you're not gonna yeah. get one of the top two guys. Defensive end we just talked about. Offensive line, yeah, maybe. Offensive line is probably the one place where you can pick up a guy, put him at right tackle, and start right now. Yeah. I mean, you you got to have these positions filled in because you don't want to be asking that question to yourself um, come the regular season. And so you got to re- sit now, pull that trigger, find people that's going to, you know, if it's a cultural thing, if you got to talk to them, get them in to talk to them. 
you know, I'm le- I'm looking at the now the guy's a little bit older. Another guy that's a offensive lineman has a lot of experience, been with good teams, the Rams and the and Buffalo, Robert Saffold. You know, that's another good guy. I mean, he's I older. Love, I I love him. He's just to me. I think he was 34 years old. So I yeah, just he just yeah, yeah yeah he's older. I'm mean, yeah. saying he's he's older, but he had, he does bring in a lot of experience. And he's one. And he's won exactly that experience of being in those organizations. And I've met, I mean, I know him personally, and he's a hard offseason worker. So he's Mm -hmm. one of those guys right now. I know we're going to get into it a little bit about training the offseason, but he's a guy right now, you know, still, you know, he's not on a roster right now, but he will be getting himself ready just when that time comes. When you're looking at that right now, throw out some tight end names as well, because Mm. I'm sitting here thinking they, they have to be thinking about the Oregon State kid in the first round. They have to be thinking about the Oregon State kid in the first round. Uh, otherwise, I really have no idea who's going to play tight end for this football team. <clears throat> no, they got. Um, I say guys that well, see that are available. You got Cameron, Cameron Brait, Jeff Swain. I mean, Jeff Swain, Dan Mer- Arnold, um, Mercedes, Mercedes. Is still, yeah, he's still there. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's no guys out there where you're like, man, I can't. I, he's gonna. I'm gonna build my. Irv Smith my, Jr. and he's young. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, so Irv might be the best guy out there, but I, yeah. I'm not going to build the room around. Any of those guys, like so. Correct. He's going to be that. that that's going to have to be the draft pick, you know. And and now you're thinking, we didn't even talk about maybe the most important position in the room. If if Aaron Rodgers is gone, <laughs> who's, who, who's your backup quarterback? Right, right now they're sitting Carson at, uh, Wentz, Matt Ryan, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Those Ooh. those are those are three names of guys that are out there. I, for right. me, I wouldn't bring any of them in. I might bring. I never know about Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy he started his career started off so good. And he had a horrific injury. Yeah, that yeah, that knee injury, and then but he seems like the only guy there. The last few years, yeah, yeah, but so he seems like the only guy's got his. I mean, Carson Wentz has some issues about playing that are go beyond just talent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt Ryan is he's too. He would be a great coach. He's not. You don't want him. In, you don't want to have to rely on him to win a game anymore. And so Teddy, I just you never know because is it concussions? Is how's the health? Everything, but always, I, you always thought he was going to be a real competent player in the league. Um, I know his career hasn't gone how he wanted it to after that injury. Mm-hmm. But of those, there's just again, there's not a ton of guys sitting out there where you go. I feel really good about because for fans out there, Ag, like let's talk about this. You were lucky to have a lot of players, former players as coaches. Yes, I think that Very makes fortunate. a huge difference. Okay, huge. I yeah. didn't have that. Right. And so you mm-hmm. have to look players. You learn more from other players than you ever are going to learn from a coach all day. So if you don't have these guys, especially if you're young, you've never quarterback position, like if you're tight end position center, if you're young and you don't have that guy, dude, it's a really, really hard road to, to plow from learning the, the intricacies of your game. Unless mm-hmm. you got that player coach, which you had. Yeah. I mean, that player coach brings in the actual experiences being on the field, in the same positions that we're in, basically, situations, having to pick up a linebacker and an A-gap, what type of uh, footwork you need and what type of hand placement you need to do, um, catching routes, catching screen balls, you know, running routes against linebackers that are you trying to figure out coverage on the run, if he's, is he man, is he zone, and how you set that up to find it out you know, sooner than later. And also just, just, you know, having Edgar have those conversations with me. Um, I know I had an older coach, too, that coached Walter Payton. 
um, in the for a year that we had in Green Bay early when I first got there. I just can't think of his name right now. But still, him always referring back to when he was coaching Walter and what Walter did and showing that. And that was a guy I idolized too. But hearing those conversations, having those conversations, just gives you the the insight because you know it's coming from a, a, a reliable source. So you you know they got that is real hands on experience. That is that is truth to what uh, every word is coming out their mouth. I had this conversation with my kid last weekend about some, you know, we were talking about a different sport, but it's the same idea. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, the value you have to your team ultimately is, or is going to go as far as you can win your confrontational matchup with your opponent, mm -hmm. right? Like you can be a good teammate. You can kind of fill a role, but like you're, if you want to be a good player, if you want to have a role, no matter what, then your value is only as good as your ability to get, win, beat the guy in front of you, right? So yeah. you have you have to beat that linebacker. I got to beat that defensive tackle, whatever it is. And so when you, the more information you can gather that is very specifically intertwined with how to do that, the better off you're going to be. And that's what a player can give you on the. You know, it's like the conversation when you're, you know, you're kneeling down, you got your helmet on the ground on the sideline in training camp, and I'm asking, I'm asking Frank Winters like. How do you deal with Adam Timmerman? How do you deal with this? You mm -hmm. know, Mike Flanagan, what, you know, what, what safety are you looking at when you when they roll coverage? Like that information, you're not necessarily just going to get in the classroom. And it, the, the intimacy of it is just a different deal. And that's why having some of these veteran guys in the room is so huge for a young Green Bay Packers team. Yeah, it is. And because they're, I mean, they're a, a young team that's going to be, as uh, as everybody says, resetting that whole team because of the big changeover that's about to happen. Speaking about that, off-season program is going to start in April. Yep. So, so to take it to take it back, we didn't have off-season programs when, when you and I started, um, at least in Green Bay, because I, maybe it's because they were living. You know, nobody wanted to live in Green Bay. I'm not really sure, but yeah, back back then there was they had a little something. You know, bloke was around. You could check in with you him. You could come in, but there yeah. wasn't. It wasn't like this voluntary mandatory, right? There wasn't OTAs. Right. There was there was a three day mini camp, another three day mini camp, an eight day mini camp, and you were out. That was it. Right. There was no, you know, two and a half months of OTAs. You're there for three, four hours a day. You got to meet with your coaches half the time. You got It's just like if you wanted to be there and you want to work out, you go work out, talk right. to Rubes, talk to bloke, run out the gate. Right. Go play basketball if you want to. Yep. There's none of this like go sit in the classroom, go through like go through studying the playbook, all this, whatever's going on now. So one thing that happens now especially in social media and and i do think there's a ton of value to it so i i, I want to kind of get off the idea that i don't think it's valuable but mm -hmm. high school college in particular like that that training together dude i am 100 about that right it yes. forms a bond it like does. guys are pushing Jeez. each other really hard but i think what people don't understand when you get to the pro level guys aren't pushing themselves that hard a lot of guys aren't yeah and like the difference between like if i went back to the naval academy and we had to go through Phil Emery's off-season training. And then you did anything that goes in the National Football League. It's I'm not, I'm just talking from an intensity standpoint and what right. you're putting into it. And like the fact they have puke bucket puke buckets next to the squat racks. Like that's <laughs> yeah. the life that you're living in college. Yep. That's not the life you're living here. So a lot of guys like we talked about last last or we talked to you last year, KJ Osborne, go down to the house athlete and they want to train with guys that are going to train at that intensity level all the time because they know. That's how they're going to get a leg up on the competition. Exactly. But all these teams want their players at the facility. So, like, how do you navigate that? And it does, you know, as you go into that as, you know, as a rookie, as a as a veteran, yeah. as a star, as a, as a role player, what do you do? 
Um, I say like now, I say, I say now what you do, you got to realize <clears throat> one or one or two things, you know, if you're a high round draft pick, you, you got to look at, okay, yeah, I got drafted first, second round and I played a lot this year or I was, you know, even though I wasn't a starter or if I was a starter, you got to look at going into your offseason and say this to yourself. Okay. Where do I want to be next year? Do I don't want to be, if I wasn't starting, do I want to be the guy you got to ask yourself that. And basically the answer should be yes. So then you got to look at what's going to be the best scenario for me to become that person. Cause I already knew what I, you know, did before the draft training, you know, for the combine, if it was, you know, most of my years before that was training with my teammates in college, was that it? And then, realized that was it because that was got me better and that's what i remember working out here in the summers in nebraska i pretty much tried to simulate that where i was doing my uh, combine training out in california but doing it with multiple people there and then every off season once i got drafted that's what i was always trying to get to get back to that feeling of being around a bunch of guys i came back to nebraska a few times in the off season and then once i got to green bay i just was doing it on my own but i was trying to push myself but it's still that one element missing not having guys around me all the time, you know, that I knew that were like pushing myself, pushing ourselves to that, to that higher level, basically. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's really it's hard. hard. Because there's a lot of pressure and like the narrative, I mean, listen, the narrative makes sense from the team perspective. They're like, Hey man, like we, we pay your salary. We want, you know, you're, you're, you're a member of this team. Mm -hmm. This is, and they, so you can go into like, Oh, it's, it's about team buying. It's about team. And it's, and I've just, I'm here to say like, it's really not. Because yeah. if if it's about that, then, you know, like, for example, I think Jordan Love is sending or, or all these guys are going to go work out with Jordan Love in California. I find there's a, a, a much more that's much more valuable than them going to, and having to work out under the guise of the coaching staff and being in the in the it's they're away from the facility. They're, yeah, they're in their own it, element. Yeah. They can be themselves. They can talk things through. They can they can they can. Um, have some nuances ironed out right without mm -hmm. any inner interaction with anybody else i think that is super valuable they're committed to it i love that right that's yep, what we used to do there was a handful of us in vegas different teams we would be working out training with each other training against each other doing one-on-one -on -one reps all off season and like i've never i've never gotten more out of off seasons than mm -hmm. when i went away learned something new from somebody else worked extremely hard had a good training partner but also had these other guys coming in and out young people fresh blood people working mm -hmm. hard that environment college environment going after it you can get so much out of that because again we always talk about like what is what is the human capacity what is our ceiling yep. and to your point what you really have to ask yourself is am i giving myself the 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 opportunity to be the best version of me to get better Right. Yep. And, and we're, and you know, for this is a hard statement. I'm, and a lot of co GMs would be pissed at me for saying this, but if that answer is not at the facility, then you got to go find out where it is. Exactly. And, and there's a, a handful of places that might be that way, but for the places that aren't man, if it's not there, because if you're not good enough, they're going to find a new you. Oh yeah. Right. So you got to make sure that you're the best version of you and you can, you can deal with all the other stuff, however, however you have to, but you got to show up in training camp not in off season you don't win you don't win a job in the off season nah. you got to show up in training camp in the best version of yourself yeah you gotta be ready to go hitting on all cylinders i <clears throat> i remember i went to uh 
I went to a bunch of every every offseason I'd go to a different place for a week at least, right? And I'd try something new. Right. And I remember, dude, I just I just was my my, so my what first, did you do? Well, my first my first year, uh my first year in, in Carolina after the first year, like train is pregnant. And we have this, we bring in this kid, Evan Mathis. He's from Alabama. Yeah. And Evan turned out to be an all pro, but he, he had like a career that kind of um he was like a journeyman for like six years and then he got into the right coach. He found the right team and the right coach. Correct. And embraced what he was and he was two time all pro. Like he was an amazing career, right? Yeah. But he came remember, in and yeah. like I this dude was the strong, he was the most freakish athlete I've ever seen. And he this is when I was like as strong as I've ever been, right? Right. And so we're 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 lifting. I, met, to eat. I think I met him too. I think I yeah, met him once. We start lifting together and everything. And he swears by this dude, uh, Chad Ek, out in Arizona. Right. So the next, so I'm like, after this year, and like I'm all pro that year. I'm, you know, the year's good for me, right? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, where did you train last year? And so I go out to this place, and this dude's got like Adrian Wilson's in there jumping over sixty inch boxes. Oh, the big and, safety. Yeah, yeah I remember AJ. And I'm telling you, uh, he's got guys from all over the country training. And it was like, it was one of those environments, man. You just like, you walked in and you're immediately like, got goosebumps. Cause yeah. you just saw, you just started recognizing guys just grinding out, but they're all pros in there, man. It was, that's Ooh, so much yeah, fun. I would have loved that. I yeah, it's loved so that. much. It's, it's such a cool experience. Like, even if you're, you take that down to the high school level, like if you're in high school and you're training with your team, and you can go find a gym or some facility that's got like dudes from other high schools training. Mm-hmm. Like it's it doesn't matter what level you're at. Like you just want you want to go kind of see what everybody else is doing. And like yep. man, I'm gonna top that. I'm, I can I can work harder than those guys. Like I can test myself against these different people. Because yeah. you see the same thing every week. Like sometimes you get numb. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's a that's a good environment. You know, as they say, uh, iron sharpens iron, pretty much in that world. The other it's the other big thing about this off season, brother, is is uh, we got this Aaron Rodgers deal. Yeah. And is. it appears we've, we've kind of talked about all over, but it appears right. one would think that the draft is kind of a E-word. soft, a soft, soft deadline. Right. Because right. The, everyone, the sources are out now saying the Packers want a first round pick plus some other stuff. Yes. And the jets aren't willing to do that. And so they're assuming we're all assuming 2023 first round pick 13th pick in the draft is what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. But that draft deadline, like what happens? It's like in a month, right? And so yeah. some other – like the other suggestions out there are basically like, all right, the Jets should give up a second and then maybe a conditional third in 2024, depending on like the Green Bay Packers go to the playoffs or not. Now you start looking at Brett's old deal, and Brett's old deal was a fourth, but it could go up to a second or a first if like they went deep into the playoffs. You, you see what I mean? So you can start mm-hmm. – but it's all kind of pushed to the next season. Because like the Jets still need draft picks this year. It's not like the Jets are complete like offensive line, for example. They need draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. Give up yeah. some of your talent. There's a bunch of guys. There's a bunch of young players. Uh, I, I we brought up Jackson last year, or uh, the kid from Florida State, the defensive end, the first you know the first round pick last year. There's a yeah. kid that hey, let's second round pick in that kid. You get Aaron Rodgers. Like to me, thank you very much. Done deal, right? Um, but once they hit AG, let's say they go to the draft and there's not a deal done. <laughs> Who, who's got the leverage then? Like, what do you what do you do now? Oh man, who has the leverage then? I I don't think it's a scenario that's gone down like this yet. I mean, probably I think I think back to like I remember 
what's it, Eli? He got drafted, but he didn't want to play for what was it? Chargers. Yeah, Chargers, and so that's how he got to the Giants, stuff like no, that. His, so yeah, his dad told him. His dad told him. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. His dad. Yeah, his dad was involved in that. So yeah, it just man, who would have? I don't know. I would say. I mean, obviously. It would be somewhere between the teams, you know, either Packers or Jets, obviously. Aaron wouldn't have none because he's just actually – he's under the control of the, the guidelines of his contract, basically. And he's basically got to still be a Packer, you know, on top of that. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, do, you think Aaron Rod- do you think Aaron Rodgers, AG, he's got some sort of – I don't know if it's like official right of first refusal, but right. like Aaron Rodgers, if they dra- if they say, hey, you're going to the Patriots – or Adam, let's pick a worse team. Let's go. Let's say let's say you're going to the uh, I don't know the Bucks. Yeah. And he goes. He goes. No, I'm not. Like they're not. That deal's not getting done, right? No, it's not. And he yeah. has that. Yeah. And he has. So he has a little that. bit of cachet here. A little bit. So he has a little bit of leverage too. So he because he's using it already. You know, to be in the situation he's in, saying he has the like he wants to play for the Jets. Period. Let's get this deal done. I'm not. You know, it's not my fault that we're not. You know, the deal's not done. That's what he's been saying for the last two weeks since he made his announcement. So. Um, you know, so there's options out there for everybody. And so it's going to be interesting if that even gets that far. I mean, and that's another 30 days from now, 31 days from now. So that'll be interesting. It sounds like <laughs> they're crazy. Not, it sounds like they're not even talking. Alan Lazard came out and said, like, yeah, it's a big reason I came to the Jets. I can't wait. To, you know, I'm sure I have no problem. He's, I, I'm sure he's going to get here. Right. The Jets have the 13th pick. They now have the 42nd and the 43rd pick. So that's second round. They have a fourth okay. round pick. 112 and they got a fifth round pick they got picks right, right. they got a the 13 oh, but, but basically they got the 13th and you got the 42nd the 43rd i think the packers have like 45th maybe 46 something like that so yeah, you start no looking at this and you go okay well they're not like i just can't imagine they're giving up the 13th pick i i i can't imagine that they give up a player that's highly regarded a young player which mm-hmm. i think just, you know, sometimes you got to go, well, this is this guy's probably maybe he was a first, he's worth a second now, maybe he's a, a first, he's worth a first. I don't know. But you give up a player like that, maybe you give up the 42nd or 43rd pick in a, in a compensatory pick the next year. The, I, you feel like this deal has to get done. I just wonder on draft day, the Packers are sitting at 15th. They don't, their cupboard is bare. They have, they brought in nobody. They have way Zero. too many needs to fill given what they have for draft capital. Do you think and they can they can get they can trade for these players? Like, do you think something happens, or is it just again to me the leverage goes back to the Jets now because you go yeah. well that 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 ship sailed. What are you going to do now? Yeah, exactly. I don't think they're going to do anything. I think that I believe they're doing what they're doing. Nothing, and mm-hmm. it's, and the draft is not going to change anything. And only thing that happens will will potentially happen is the Jets say, you know, all right, we'll take this, you know, on from their point of view just to get it done, to make sure they get Aaron. But I don't see Robert Sala. I mean, his GM, I don't know, but Robert Sala is not that guy. He's not going to just let somebody see him sweat. He's not intimidated. He's going to, you know, hold to his guard. He said, I think he made a comment, we're not in a hurry, you know, to yeah. make this deal happen. So um, in that in that sediment, as a Packer organization, it's like, or, you know, Gutekiss and them crew making their decision, it's like, Man, he'll he'll just let this thing draw out in terms of from Robert Sala's comments and his uh, point of view. He's like, it's, I'm it's, in no rush. It turn, it <laughs> seems like it's this. I don't I, I don't think it's a saw. I don't even think it's a Joe Douglas deal. Like I think it's a Woody Johnson thing. Thinking like, I what what am I going to do with this fan base if Aaron if we don't get Aaron? True. And, and maybe maybe he blinks. But again, it just you know, again, soft deadline. It doesn't to me. What are they? What are the Packers going to say? I guess we're not going to do a deal. 
Okay, well, what are you going to do now? Yeah, they ain't got no quarterback. No quarterback that wants to play. Well, the, the guy that they want to play doesn't want to play. He will not play. And so you ha- you still got to go with Love. Mm-hmm. And whoever you pick up, if you pick up anybody other than um, who they have in, um, as a backup right now. So that's what the whole way hurry up and wait and see. Here's a crazy, here's a really stupid thing for me to even say, but like, what, what, what do they, what do the Jets do with Zach Wilson? I mean, oh they, my goodness. I mean, do they, tra- do they trade him? I mean, I, I would you can't get... trade him. You can't trade him to Green Bay because he's probably more talented than Jordan Love, right? Like he's going to have these moments probably, in practice. Yeah, he's going to have these moments in practice where guys are like, wait a second, this dude's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just got to talk. Like you got to find out what's in his head, like what's going on in his head. Because seeing him as a young player, he's he's acting like that on the off the field and even on the field in in press conference interview when he made that comment that literally pissed pissed every player off, even former players, you know, about, you know, not caring about what the defense does or whatever he made a comment of. He has some learning. He's going through learning pains, basically growing pains, basically. And he's learning the hard way. Um, Does he physically does he have the talent to do? Why he got drafted? Yes, he does. But his mental has to get right. I say any player like that with the abilities that he has, because I see we all seen him play decent and pretty good. But his mental has to get where it's a professional, where he he has to understand from the things he says to how he prepares for a game. All that has to be a certain standard and put it out and put it and do it every day it has to be consistent and not just because he's a first round pick and he's doing all the other stuff off the field with you know lifestyle and all that that's where you got to fix that up first and that's where if i'm a player you know if he comes to the packers i'm a veteran but hey bro we gotta get this you get your shit cleaned up because right now it's not and if you're going to be a quarterback on this team this is how quarterbacks from the past played they played at a high level they knew everything about the offense that that need they needed to know and plus more and then the talent would come out even better. So that's what, what for Zach, if he came for, for some crazy reason, he he was part of this trade, that would be, he, he have to have that mindset coming in here to be successful. So, you know, it's funny, man. I was like, I, I a hundred percent agree with everything you just said. And I, and I also a hundred percent think that you and I are dinosaurs and nobody would say that to him. You right. know what I mean? I, I just don't, I just don't think that's how they, I just don't think that's how it is in this, like this new reality. I think it'd be yeah. like, we're going to bring him in. We're going to love him. We're going to, you know, it's everything. No. And then they'll hold us. There's no hard, like, Hey man, sit down. Oh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to have a, we're going to have a tough love discussion right now. Exactly. And, then, and then after that, it's all good. Like, I just don't know if that happens anymore. I hope right. I, I want to believe it does, but I, I just don't know. Too, I want to believe it does. You know, I say if Mercedes Lewis is back on the team, it's going to happen. That's you true. Know, that's going to hundred percent happen, but we don't know if he's going to be back. So you got to have leaders like that. Even if they're young, they're there. You just got to find them. Hopefully you have them. But there's players that I've met. I mean, we know one, K.J. Osborne. He's that guy. These players out there that have the same mindset as us, that means they were either raised or trained, you know, from a football standpoint to have that type of mindset. Hey, man, you're only going to get what you get if you put the work in, basically. And when you have – we see a young player say that where you see very few far between right now. But when you see it, that's the guy that has to be uh, up front in terms of talking – to when new players come in into the locker room, um, if it's drafted or free agency, to say, "Hey, man, this is how we do things," you know, here at this team. And if you got a problem with that, let's talk about it. You know, how are we gonna fix that? I mean, I remember um, when Charles Wilson came in, and my between myself and Rob Davis sitting him. I know Rob Davis set him down like face to face. I would tease him on the field a little bit just about you know where because we were the same draft class, 
And I understood where he had come from being at Oakland. It wasn't quite the quality of team. And I say, I say culture that we were at that time. And so I would tease Chuck, you know, I would say, Chuck, I would call him Chuck, Mom. you know, he hated that. I forgot. <laughs> uh, but I would call you know, Charles mess with him because I was getting at him to make sure I, I knock off these layers to understand that, look, we're all the same here. We all got to put in work. We got to do certain things to help our, 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 I say our unit work. I have to do this for a, a running back to make my offensive side work. You're going to have to do the same for the defense. That means if you got to do something you may not want to do, you got to commit to it and not complain about it and stuff like that. And I remember uh, Rob Davis telling me he sat him down and had those conversations, you know, in the years to come after that. And that's eventually where he, he led to himself to be the defensive player of the year. I remember uh, I was up there for like, I was up there with Tausher, I think after like a game mm-hmm. and he just I played Detroit and he picked off a pass when he scored an interception touchdown. And, uh, and Tausher told me something. He, he, I forgot exactly what he said, but he said something to the effect was, He's one of the few guys I've ever been around that he's so good you can't consider him arrogant. <laughs> That's the best compliment I've ever heard. It's like he's so good he's not even arrogant. He's and like, Tosh Tal- is a smart guy, so yeah. Yeah, That's yeah a when good he comment. says like when he says he's like the best, he's like he he is. It's pretty simple. Like it's a pretty mm-hmm. simple deal. All right, man. Let's do some yep. get off my lawn today because we got you some got good some ones. good ones here. I see it. <laughs> okay, first one. This. Listen, your guy. This your is funny favorite, right here. Your favorite player in the, the whole world, LeBron what? James. No. MJ comes back. Yeah, I know it's MJ. <laughs> comes back, and uh, you know they're. It's just not enough, right? Because they didn't win it the is. game. They lost the game. So then it's like, yeah, how'd you come back? And blah blah blah. And he said, well, I was supposed to have surgeries, and I'm the fastest healer in the, that said they've ever seen. And he called the LeBron James. Uh, he called the guy, the foot doctor, the LeBron James of feet. You got to be a special kind of arrogant to start. Oh comparing other professions by a standard that you have decided that you've set for your profession. That is awesome. Now my, my son did say this today. Uh Oh, he goes, (laughs) he goes, I get what you're saying, but if Conor McGregor said that you'd think it was hilarious. And I said, you know what? You're right. Ah. Because, Because I feel like, I feel like he's Connor's. I think fighters are doing a shtick. I think it's like Floyd Mayweather, Connor. I think they're yeah. constantly, it's like a shtick. It I is. think I, and I, I'm sure LeBron is like playing chess, but I'm thinking he's playing checkers. But I don't think his, I, I don't think what he does is a shtick. I think he's just like dead ass serious. No, like, he's dead ass serious. I believe that. <laughs> um, and also, I, you got to, we're in a culture now, the young generation that is the famous generation. I say the, the young of the the famous of the young or whatever I get it. You you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you go to any industry and, and have somebody at LeBron's age or down that is very you know, successful at what they're doing, they're real easy to say certain things like greatest, like GOAT, the best, or giving themselves like I love Lil Wayne. Back in 2007, when he was just getting started, he called himself the greatest rapper alive. And I'm like, no, man, you can't do that. Because the rule is you earn it from your peers. Somebody else you know, has to say it. Somebody else has to say it. And so kids today, even some of the kids I, I, I'm, I'm experiencing here and starting to meet for the first time and even kids back at my other university, they would say things. And I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't nickname yourself or you can't say you're the best of all time. Like you have to earn it. You got to do the do the work and then you get crowned that by somebody else. Not you yourself. Not true. Well, Sip, yes, right? it's just exactly if you saying it. That means it's not true. Somebody else got to say it for you. hundred percent. Not your mama. Your mama yeah. can't say it for you. Nope, my no, son angry, is the best. And grandma. Nope. Can't do it. 
Okay. I got another one for you. So Mel Kuyper's on, I think, mock draft four oh. now. Can and I and I'm listen, with you on this one. And I got we got fans one. out there and the mock drafts and and I get that it's like I do understand that it's fun, but right. I don't understand. Like when you see I, I remember I, I was watching something and they were taking the Northwestern kid, uh Skronovic uh, or uh, yeah, to uh, Skronic, uh, Skronic, the, the left tackle. tackle. Left they tackle. were taking they were taking him to a team with an all pro left tackle. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, why are we even watching this draft? Why is this yeah. the thing? And and these why so I wish somebody would just tell me why fans go so nuts over these like different versions. And I guess it just gives you something to talk to about. But I'm like, there's a lot of other cool things to talk about in the world than, than this stuff, man. Cause like I feel like I could make one of these in five minutes and just put it out. I just keep putting it out there. Like yeah. it, does, it doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's become a thing because places like ESPN and NFL Network, CBS and Fox have their talking heads to have more stuff to talk about. It gives them deliverables for the sponsors, you know, that they're they're already sponsored by. So they could say, you know, what's his name? Todd Mache, mock draft sponsored by Geico or whatever. You yeah. know, that's for us. That's how I see it. I'm like, man, this is like. I don't know if you play a whole lot of it, but I play a little bit of fantasy football. It's basically like fantasy football. It's like, no, it's like, all right, I, I'm going to put a little bit invested because I know the players. But after that, I'm I'm not going to have a breakdown if I don't start a guy where I should have started him or whatever. I'm just going to be like, oh, I missed it. Oh, well, move on. It's fantasy football. Just like this is a fantasy. This is a mock draft, which means also a fantasy, fantasy mock draft. Yeah, that's, good. that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> hey, right, yeah, right. And it's while it's fun, like what is really fun is is – like for you, probably you and me, but I think for right. a lot of people is to, is to look at tape on a guy or have somebody who has an opinion on that person and, or a narrative and go through it and go, okay, this is why I feel, you know, like right. get information about people is fun. Yeah. And, that's what I, yeah. Same and, thing. Whoever, and whoever, whoever you want to get information from, if they want to, are they trying to push a certain narrative? They're just trying to be as objective as possible. Like that's up to that, the fan, right? It's just yep. like, it's a political thing. Like who cares? How, so that's great. I just don't get the rest of it, man. The rest, the, the whole, just every daily debate on like the new mock drafts. Oh, and I'll never, I'll never get it because I'll, you know, I'm, I'm old. Yeah, we're both old. Yeah. Did you see this? You, this is right up your alley. So the next yeah. one. Okay, did you see the commercial? I've been seeing the commercials. They're pretty funny. I, I like I, Ozzy. I, lo- I freaking love it. So Ozzy Osbourne. I don't even know if it's from Meta or what, but he's he's going to be the play, new PlayStation VR, Two. Dude. Yeah, PlayStation, PlayStation Two. 2. PlayStation so Two VR, their second VR. Uh, is that system. what it is? Okay. Yep. I, I'm 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 just gonna say this, and you're in the gaming business. Yeah. If if Ozzy Osbourne ever shows up at a convention and he's like, we're gonna put him on, we're just gonna put a microphone in front of his face. Oh, that's gonna be and, beautiful. And we're gonna play whatever the latest you know shoot him game is. I would pay good money. Like I would do terrible things to watch that and like yes. watch whatever comes out of his mouth. That dude is a living legend, and everything that comes out of his mouth is solid gold. Yep. And putting him in VR goggles, if his if his heart doesn't explode, correct, would be would be so great to watch. You like you like you see Ozzy. I see him in the first couple of commercials. Now I'm looking at the one that's on YouTube, a bigger one now, a longer mm-hmm. one, and it's like you're like you just said. Is he going to just hilter over? <laughs> you know, I want him to be okay and have a fun time VNR. You know, doing the VR experience. But to have him, like you said, gold, you don't know. He's old. He's at the point of age, which 
will be one day where whatever I say come out of my mouth, you got to take it for what it is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you can't stop me. I'm going to say what the hell I want to say. <laughs> That's where he's at in, in terms of the age. And, and whoever does, who is ever in the marketing meeting to say, hey, let's bring Ozzy Osbourne, Sharon, any other people that we feel and we know for a fact that they don't play video games, we're going to put them in our commercials, be in PlayStation, be in Xbox or EA Sports or whatever. I wish I was in that meeting because that's a great conversation. And, like, and, the, and the thing is, like, we got to pay them a lot of money, though. Do you remember? I remember when they did the Osborne show and it was on MTV. Yep, I used to watch it. Okay. I was, I was it a was fan. Incre- it was incredible, right? It I was, was a I, fan, yes. Uh, Travis Barker did one. Travis and he had this like wacko like uh, uh, gold digger wife. Ah. Travis Barker's the drummer from Blink One Eight Two. Yeah, yeah. Everything now, the guy's yeah, amazing, right? Yeah. He had yeah. one, and he was like the nicest dude, and she was just not. Yeah. And then the Osbournes had the show that was because Sharon was gold as good she as Osbourne. Awesome. Sharon's yeah, Sharon probably was, as good, not awesome. better, right? Yeah. The kids were amazing. Everything was amazing about it. But I don't know how these people like. I don't know how kids these like. If I saw that. You know, if I was like my son's age, I—I I mean, my son don't know because I like Ozzy Osbourne, but right. I, how do the kids even know who the hell he is? And then you just like, I was like, <laughs> oh, just some old guy who talks funny and he's hilarious. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he 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 drops gems. You know, he could say stuff, and you just kind of like, what did he say? Like you might, if you understand him, you know, with his thick, still sound like still drunk accent. You know, <laughs> you don't he's know. Const- he's- yeah, it's like constantly inebriated. He's it was constantly under some sort of chemical. Yes, bonds. and you know, well, he was a rocker. He was an old school. What sixty started in the sixties, all through the seventies, early eighties, and now it's transitioned because of MTV into another generation of uh, super fans. So that, the, sto- uh, the story of Black Sabbath. If anybody wants to go watch documentaries, there's a documentary on Black Sabbath that you're just going like, I mean. You can't can really. I'll watch yeah, that. you can't. You I, just I like can't, docs. I like yeah, you docs. can't even believe that you go and he's still alive. Like, there's no. It's just. No oh way, yeah. I know? mean, that's anybody that's a rock star from that time, any group. You be like, how are they still moving? Like, how are they still thinking, functioning, breathing? Because I just seeing stuff, reenactments, you know, movies of other stuff like Spinal Tap. You know, watching movies like that kind of. You you see movies like that, and you're just like, oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Did you see John Wick Four, by the way? Uh not yet. I'm going to. I'm going to. I, I started amazing. to go last night. I started to go last night, but I was a little tired. So I was it's like, a, it's amazing. I won't, yeah. I won't we'll talk about it next week. It's amazing though. 100%. I, I, got, I got one more for you. And this is kind of a this is an interesting uh conversation, I think, that's gonna happen in the next couple of years. So, in my opinion, the transfer portal NIL. Yeah, you look at the men's final four. I don't Again, I don't follow women's basketball. I apologize for viewers who do. I just don't know who's playing. I just know the Iowa girl dropped 40 last night. Woman. Right. The Iowa yeah. woman dropped 40 last night. Excuse me. Yeah. But if you look at the final four men's basketball, Florida Atlantic, first-timers. San Diego State, first-timers. Mm-hmm. Miami. UConn's the only, I guess you would call, blue blood program. They're, they're a fourth seed. Okay? This is, for me, this sounds like a complete uh, result of yes transfer portal like san diego state all their kids are transfer portal kids yeah i didn't even think about it until you brought until i read this yeah. and i'm like you know what that's right and, and i didn't I realize in that yeah and, yeah so now you go and you remember very specifically probably we talked about it mm-hmm. the, the kid who wanted the miami x kid. Amount of do- the miami kid who wanted yep. x amount the of dollars the miami guard. guy was like no 
yep. go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yep. But it was a thing, and now they're in the final four. And it just makes me wow. It's weird, man, because that shows you a couple things. One, the t- what it really shows me is like the talent level is all of a sudden the bandwidth and talent has gone way, way. It's way tighter than it used to be in basketball. Yeah, you know, because all these kids are leaving so early, they're getting the one year. They're one. The best kids are one and done. Mm-hmm. But this is to me, this is absolutely bananas that you can have that many lower seed teams. Or or not blue blood teams turn because when I look at college football because my my immediate thing was like oh I wonder if this is going to happen to college football right and I'm sitting here and thinking it's about already, it right yeah. now as we say it's almost the opposite right where we kind of think that nil transfer portal is going to consolidate all the best players on Alabama Georgia Ohio, mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so where, do you think this could happen do you think we could actually let's just call this flattening the curve in college football because of the it makes sense transfer right. portal nil you you're at nebraska now like what do you, do you see anything like that suggests this might be uh, the change coming uh, uh i say a little change i say for teams like alabama i think they could still stay above water mm-hmm. because of the talent of the talent they have regardless of who takes you know what player goes to you know what other university to play and start so i think right now they have the talent they're going to still stay above water in terms of winning games um but what I when I got here on campus about two months ago now, I you know went in, did some research on we have five collectives, you know, that's what they're called around the nation. Collectives. So it's boost, you know, and you know what they are. It's the booster groups that created, you know, a legal name and now yeah, basically has a bank account to throw money at players. And I'm looking through these collectives and I'm looking at players from like small schools, you know, in Texas. Texas, you know, this small schools, they got six figure NIL deals. I saw one old lineman. He had a six hundred thousand dollar NIL deal. And I'm like, what? I'm like, wow. I'm like, he's he's if he does right, be smart with his money. He he's good. You know, he can put that away right now. Being 19, 21 years old, anywhere in that age was like I'm just seeing there looking at the, the levels of. NILs they're getting and I just of course um devil's advocate I'm like man if I was out right now what would I be getting as an all-american all-state coming to my school my state university school NIL it might be a million dollars if not more I'm like this is crazy I, I told Maddox crazy. this morning we're training this morning and, and uh I said look man this NIL deal is this NIL thing you know because soccer players aren't like soccer players don't traditionally from other countries they don't go to university they don't go to college right they go straight to the like the the training ground clubs right yeah like, they, at the lower they level right, they go from a, their academy to the pro team exactly the academy that's what it is the they, don't, they don't have that they don't have that middleman right so the u.s is still trying to push college soccer so the women's side's a little bit easier although there's a lot of i, I know what right listen to this i know a 15 year old that just signed a pro contract which is insane for the like, women barcenas family congratulations unbelievable san diego gotcha. waves right. so um, but they're, so they're doing it a little more, but, you know, traditionally U S kids go through the college system. Um, yeah. I saw Maddox, I go, dude, in 10 years from now, all of the NIL kids that are any good are going to be making more than a lot of guys are making in the league. True. Like in these different sports and certainly more than like our generation made at least on your first contract. I mean, it's not even close. Mm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? 
Yeah, it, it's going to be that. I mean, I think some kids are already probably doing that. I mean, make it. No, I'm just talking dollars. about you look about across the swath of, of the entire country, though. There's a hand. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. The quarterback for yes. Texas was making a million bucks when he was still in high school. Right. That's Could why be. I had to leave. So gotcha. so like all, like the two girls from Oregon um, are making they would just did like an NIL right? There's there's a there's a, a, a player maybe from UConn that is like the highest big guys make it over a million. Then the two girls from Oregon, they're twins. They're mm. they I think they're either still they were in the the, the, the tournament. They're making eight hundred thousand dollars plus each off of NIL money because they do wow. a bunch of stuff together, you know. And yeah. just so it's not just like it's expanding from men's football to men's basketball, women's basketball is getting you know that's eight hundred thousand dollars, no joke now. Yeah. Okay. There's a girl. Uh, uh, there's a she's an LSU gymnast. She makes I think she's like the highest paid. She might be the highest paid college athlete now with INI money because she's got like four gazillion followers on Instagram or something. Yeah. So there, it's not just college football. And so it no, it's all sports. Yeah. It makes all you sports. wonder, bro. Like it's I hope that it's an incentive for kids to stay in college longer, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I'm about it, you know. Yeah. When you think about it, they do it right. You know, get your degree. You have uh extra basically you have basically yourself in a in a security set set point where you have that degree, you could get a job anywhere. You you stay healthy, you get drafted in your sport, or you mm -hmm. go to your Olympic sport and go pro overseas, but you still have that nest egg from your college years now that players can now play with more secure, you know, they play more confident because they know they don't have to basically um go out here and try to win the big game right now. I mean, they will, they'll have that little security now, but they don't have to know that if they don't, there's nothing else for them because that's how it was for us. Yeah, but see that <laughs> you know? see, see, so that's the thing. Here, here's the counter to that argument. The other side yeah. of the coin is how can you be hungry if you're always if the table's always full? True. No. Right? I agree with that. I agree with that. So for the ones like that, those are the ones that they're gonna want, they're gonna, they're gonna tell out because mm -hmm. they're gonna they're not gonna understand when they're not getting that money and when it or when it stops if they don't go pro and they're still trying to live in the state, live in the same town as their university. And because even former players, you know, if you okay. live in the area, you could still get a deal. You know, that's happening with myself right now. Mm -hmm. So, but for those players that don't have that 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 education or that that mom, dad, or brother, sister, or whatever, uncle, coach that puts that in their head, say, look, kid, yeah, you're playing good now, but this could all end because of an injury or you do something dumb off the field or anything like that. Then, then all it could be taken away. So just be mindful and gotta you know get that education. So that's where I know some universities are actually doing between financial literacy, and then you know teaching them the better way. Like this, yeah, you got this money, but still have that hunger to get better and at your sport, at your craft, and what you're an expert as as you're learning here at whatever university you're at, basically. Easy, easy to say, tough to do. Certainly, right? And, exactly. And I, I wonder. So I would just take it this way and go. At what age, what age is too young to give these kids money? That I mean, that's the real question, right? Like, is yeah. it because now who's to say middle school, elementary, right? Yeah, who's to, who, well, okay, sophomore year in high school, you have an option. You can go pro or you can um, you can look down the barrel of I'm gonna go to a, a tier one school and I'm gonna get paid a lot of money. I'm a sophomore in high school, I'm 15, like what like what do i do you, you see what i mean yeah now it's now it's like because you're almost 
and this is a very rare situation. I'm not saying a lot, a lot of kids aren't going to experience this, but you, right. you, you can see how this is going to go into, if it's, if it's already happened at the freshman level in college, then it's definitely going to be talked about at the, at the junior and, and senior level in high school. Yeah, and so now I mean, we're making these decisions. It's just, man, there's so much to unpack, bro. It's man, just, it's, it's it is. I mean, it's already being talked about for the middle school, elementary school level. I've talked to a group that reached right. out to me through an email mm-hmm. about three months ago about developing this for kids like 12 and 11 and 10. They reached out to me to be like the, one of the coaches or something. And I was like, what is this? And I'm like, they said it's a, it, it had, you know, in the, some of the readings, basically like how these players could get paid. And I'm like, we're talking about eight to 12. I'm like, oh yeah. my goodness. And so, yeah, so it's already being talked about in the, in the South. I know this was group was out of Florida, so they're already groups talking about it. So we just exploit it. It just we exploit, we exploit, we exploit, and we justify, don't we? Yeah, I mean, we really do. It's a twenty billion dollar youth sports is a twenty billion dollar industry annually in the United States of America. That's yeah. bigger than the NFL. The wow. youth sports wow. industry is bigger than the National Football League. Yeah, right. And yeah. And I just saw something. I was on uh, Instagram this weekend, and I saw a, quote, a video of Kobe talking about AAU teams, mm-hmm. basketball teams, per se, uh, exactly. And he said they're they're trash because of this. He said they just play a lot of games. They don't develop talent. Mm-hmm. They make the kids basically try to win at all costs mentality without developing their skills. And their drive, their ability, and the, the weaknesses that they do have, because all players are not great players, mm-hmm. and they but they're not getting developed by none of the coaches, none of the programs are doing that to help them. And I agree with that. I had a nephew, I have a nephew now, great nephew actually, and he got a full ride to uh, University of Chicago Loyola, mm-hmm. and he is at home now. Right now, he decided to drop out because he was an AAU kid. And I'm not saying it's not hold directly to that, but potentially it may be because he was traveling just as much as I was. We were traveling. I mean, yeah. baseball, as basketball, a high school kid, as a high school as, kid, exa- yes, exactly. And that was before he was in high school. He was doing this in eighth, uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So he had been doing it five, six years prior to him, where it was going to be required, you know, in high school and in college. And now he got to a point where he's out of state, you know. And still, because you're still growing, you know, he's 18, 19. And now he doesn't have that home support as he had with family around him, you know, that then he's going to high school. He's coming home and then going back to the high school. But now you're at a college away from everybody that you a lot of people you don't have in your life anymore. And then that's where a lot of athletes, as we know, we had friends that did this, that they're not home anymore. This is like, man, this is unknown territory. I didn't think, you know, being in the Navy is going to be like this. Or I didn't think it's being in Lincoln, Nebraska at, you know, it's gonna be like this. I want to go home, basically, on mentality. So it's they, 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 uh, they, they don't have the tool set. They don't have the tool set, and they cripple. They don't know how to cope. That's yeah. why I started this process to perform. It. That's why I started the company. I, I mean, that that was literally it. I just saw yeah. kids. I saw kids going into the pros. Yeah. And they get and there I, and they don't have any help, and they're like, man, I, I, they didn't know how to help them. They didn't know how to solve their own problems. Like, they don't exactly. even process. And that's um, what we, our generation, has that. Like, I mean, between our parents, between coaches and teachers. The mental, and then watching the the our, the guys that got us excited, like watching the pros playing. Mm-hmm. When we see them do a post interview, post game interview, or win the championship, you saw where 
the the excitement was coming from. It was a team thing. They were, you know, patting each other on the back and giving us each other high five. It wasn't just them on TikTok doing something. Now everybody pulled their phone out to, to capture right, the moment. Doing right. something individual. Yeah. You know, it's living like, no, yeah, live in the present. You did this. You didn't do this by yourself. Right. You oh. didn't win this championship by yourself. Don't think you did, but you. But everybody else is going to tell you that's outside that little circle of your teammates to be like, oh, yeah, you did that. You didn't. No, and it's like, and we knew better. You know, my two brothers nailed it in my head by the age of six, knowing that I was going to want to be a running back. They said, you are nothing without your offense alignment. Remember that now. And if you don't, we're going to beat you up until you do. And that's what they did. So I, by the time I got to Green Bay, I already knew who was who was bread in my butter or uh, butter in my bread, basically. It was you guys up front. And I'll never forget that. And we love yeah. butter and we love bread. That's for damn sure. Uh, AG. Yes, you do. <laughs> Good show, man. T- tell yep. everybody where they can find you, brother. Man, find me on Instagram and AG30 and Twitter, AG30, all one word. And uh, my Gamers Lounge, Amon Green's Gamers Lounge on TikTok, airing every Wednesday, 11 a.m., if not. Jump on uh, my social. Just make sure if I change the date, because sometimes it does do that. So, Mike, let everybody know where they can find you. Michael 68 on Twitter. Process to Perform on Instagram. You can check this show out on our Process to Perform channel over on YouTube. Uh, thank you to our sponsors again, BetOnline.ag. Check them out if you want to bet on yep. the upcoming Final Four games. And uh, all right, my man. Have a good week. Everyone out there, Packers fans, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.